Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Live. Welcome back, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. Thanks for listening to us wherever you get your audio um, by searching the Backdoor Cut Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those cool places. Also, you can catch us on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. And right now, we're also streaming live on the Periscope feed for the underscore Barn Burner and also the Barn Burner YouTube channel. We come to you hot off the heels of Miami wrapping up uh, game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. And we finally have the slate for the championship round for the NBA. We'll talk through that today. We've got special guests with us repping his Miami Heat gear. So I know he's pretty excited, feeling himself today. Uh, we'll go around the horn. Rich, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good, man. You know, just got to wrap up a pretty exciting Western and Eastern Conference final series. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the finals kicking off and seeing my Lakers do their thing. So I can't wait. <laughs> Sam, what about you, man? How are you? Man, Zach, I need some more energy from you, man. Like, we've got a finals matchup. We got we got LeBron James playing his former team in the Miami Heat. We've got his legacy becoming a four-ring player and jumping into another echelon of NBA history on the line. We've got Jimmy Butler, his first finals appearance, and a young, a, a weirdly young Miami Heat squad. Tyler Hero has been playing excellent basketball. Uh, we've got um, a Bam Adebayo in year three already is the arguably best player on that team. Definitely led his team tonight. I'm sure we'll get into that. And it's a really exciting finals matchup. The fifth-seeded team is now in the finals. They're the third team that are fifth or, or lower seeded to advance to the NBA finals. I'll, I'll give you guys some guesses on who the other two are. Uh, I tweeted one, but uh, what, what, what do you guys think were the other two five or lower seeded teams to make the NBA finals? How recent, what was the other? 1990 and Ford. Was the magic one of them? Uh, no, the Houston Rockets. Of 94, 95, and the 1999 New York Knicks, Knicks. the eighth seed. Jeff Van Gundy. Who, who, who advanced to the uh, NBA Finals under Coach Jeff Van Gundy. So it's exciting times, man. The bubble has definitely paid off. It's been well. Everyone's been healthy. No COVID positive tests. The NBA seems to have pulled it off. And the NBA Finals starts Wednesday. But I, I would be remiss if we didn't kick it to Collins right now. Jonathan Collins, uh, a Heat fan extraordinary. And not, not just one of those LeBron <laughs> Heat fans, mind you. Uh, a Heat fan uh, ranging back to the the peak Dwayne Wade years of the mid two thousands, so why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your your fandom of the Heat, why you love the Heat in general, and then also why you love this team and what you think their chances are against the Lakers in the two thousand twenty NBA Finals. So Jonathan Collins, uh, been a Heat fan back since Dwayne Wade played for him. Just really loved his game ever since he came out of Marquette. Just loved the way he played. Uh, what is it? Fall down eight times and he gets up every time. Like he, he just he just doesn't stay down. So I love the way he plays, and I think that's kind of similar to how the, the Heat play now. It's just like they're a hard team to keep down, and I love when teams just play hard. And so think what what chances do they have of beating LeBron? That's my that's my issue right now. So uh, I'm happy as a Heat fan that they made it to the championship round, but it's like man, I kind of wish Boston would have made it in the sense of like wanting to see them play versus 
the Lakers because of star talent. Wait, did you just say you, you kind of wish Boston had advanced to the finals <laughs> instead of your own team? What is that? Because of star talent. Like, I just oh, don't think okay. the Heat are ready at this moment to match up with the Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I think their role players are way better. I think the Heat, as far as role players go, are way better. I think Jimmy Butler's a great player, but just as far as, like, how he plays the game, he's not the traditional star that's going to go out there and go for 30 points or 40 points every night and put his team in a position to win that way. And I just think at some point during the finals, you're going to need that guy. What do you think, Rich? Uh, I mean, I feel him. I agree with him. You know, I wanted to see the Celtics, too, as a Lakers fan. <laughs> Um, you know, I honestly thought that the Celtics were going to – I thought the series was going to go seven from the jump. Um, and I thought the Celtics were going to pull it out. Uh, but the Heat, I mean, hats off. Like, they they stuck together. Um, and I think coming in, we kind of talked about earlier in the earlier months that the Heat were kind of built for this in a way with just their, you know, the way they run their system and that Heat culture they always speak about. Um, had a great article on ESPN earlier this week that kind of really dove deep into that Heat culture. Um, but I think – that while Boston had the better talent, I think Miami was the better team. I think Boston possesses a lot of ISO isolation scorers who know how to go get their own bucket, but seeing them play collectively just kind of, you know, it's kind of hot potato, hot potato, um, go get your bucket. Um, and I think their lack of a true starting center big really showed in the series. I think, mm-hmm. bam, I mean, this was really his coming out part. He was already a beast, but I mean, he really, I mean, dude, it's just, he, he, he's the future. Um, I look forward to seeing him play for years to come. But hats off to the Heat. Hats off to Jimmy Butler for, you know, really buying in and coming to a place where he felt he would really fit in. And it worked. Um, he had a low-key free agent signing. He had a lot of things said about him at his previous stops. And it seems like, you know, the Heat love him. His teammates love him. Uh, but, yeah, I think this finals might get ugly. So, yeah, we'll see. Poor one, yeah, baby. You mentioned Bam. Bam was fantastic today to close out the series. He really just decided, like, I'm just taking this game over. He ended up with 32 points. He got to the line five or six separate times. Like, he just he, – he also had five assists. Like, he's an underrated passer, I think, uh, and obviously a great rebounder as well, especially in a matchup with someone like Boston who doesn't have – you know, they got a lot of wing guys, but not like a big, strong guy. Tice is kind of a stopgap for that, but he's in no way the caliber of player that Bam is. Uh, and, and I think as a Memphis fan, that's someone – Memphis Tigers, let me clarify. Like, that's kind of the player that you hope Precious Achua becomes in the league. Uh, that's kind of who I've comped him to for, like, the past – since – towards the end of last season. Like, I think that's kind of the ceiling that he can get to similar body type. Uh, he's not like Bam's not stretching the floor that much, really like killing anyone from three, but he can do so many of the other things. Uh, Precious has a lot of work to do on the offensive end, but defensively he's already a beast, has a nose for the ball for rebounding, pretty good passer. I think that's kind of what you want him to be. Uh, obviously, you know, Bam's an all-star, so that's a pretty high ceiling. But uh, that's where I'd like to see, you know, Precious. He's already older and a little bit more mature. Um, But, yeah, fantastic performance today by Bam. And then just a lot of the Heat guys stepped up, started the game kind of slow. But, you know, Duncan Robinson, and as he's done time and time again, come in and just casually hit five threes. Like, what if the Grizzlies had someone who could do that? 
how much would that change the entire game for them? They ha- they have Jaron who can do that, but he's pretty much the only guy at this point. I feel like. Yeah, the, the, he closed the game with a lineup that didn't have Jay Crowder or Drogic in it. I don't think. Uh, so that was interesting. We've seen Hero close a lot of these games, uh, kind of playing like point guard. He rebounds his ass off at the guard position, which is something I always notice and am always impressed by. But I, I, uh, it will be tough to go in against the whistle and the star power of LeBron and Anthony Davis. Let's just face it, superstar whistles is a thing. And, I mean, it's just the way it, it, it works. And I think we're going to see a lot of that in the finals. Hopefully the whistle isn't as hot in general on both sides of the floor. I'd rather just watch him play and see what – Bam does defensively against Anthony Davis. That'll be a cool matchup. No one can stop him, but that's an interesting guy to throw at him. I mean, as far as like possible guys go, I mean, he he's about as good as, as a bet you can imagine uh, to guard AD. And then, um, you know, who on the who on the Lakers is is guarding all of the shooters on the Heat? You know, you've got uh, you hope that uh, KCP can give you some good minutes. You hope that um, uh, you know, Avery Bradley's not here and hasn't been the whole time. That's the guy that I'm sure the Celtics are, or the, I'm sorry, the Lakers are missing and wish they had it on the perimeter, but it should be an exciting series. But I, I mean, I don't know who they throw on LeBron. It's probably just like kind of a dealer's choice of their wings, but they're just going to hunt Duncan Robinson and, you know, hopefully get switches and get Duncan Robinson on LeBron. And that'll be kind of a tough beat going forward, um, for the heat defensively. But I, I'm excited, man. I think it'd be a great series. I think, Here's a thing that definitely came out of this, and that's that Spolstra is is for sure a top three coach in the NBA now, and I think there's no disputing that. Uh, I, I think, I mean, I, I've I guessed, I definitely second guessed him when he first got the big three back in like 2010 because I was like, it's hard to tell if you're a good coach because you should win with this this team. Um, so I didn't say he was bad or good. I just really didn't know. But I think after losing LeBron and then kind of going through that small rebuild that he did, drafting well, you get Hero and Bam at 14 or whatever which is incredible. And then building up to this point, it's hard to dispute the fact that he's a top three coach, given what he's done this year and, and kind of getting this new team together. We just talked about how the Clippers couldn't get their shit together because they're a new team and they flamed out. And, but on the other side, then you got the heat, which are basically a ragtag group of rookies. And I mean, think about Jay Crowder. It gets traded mid season. and becomes like a pivotal piece of this team um, because of the heat culture we talked about. So uh, it's exciting for Spo. It's good to see him there too. Uh, and then, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, NBA finals start Wednesday night and uh, it's going to be late games because the LA team. So we'll see like eight o'clock central every night, but I'll be tuned in for every game. And I, I mean, what are our predictions here? Like Zach, what do you, how many games do you think this goes? Ooh, this is, so I, I'm just going to toot my horn because I've probably been doing it since our first show at the beginning of the playoffs where I said heat were my underdog team. So I'm going to go against the grain, and I think that Miami's going to pull it out in seven. I, I'm sticking with them. They haven't done me wrong so far. All the Boston folks were mad at me. They thought Boston was going to win at 4-1. Yeah, I'm talking to you guys. Guess what? That didn't happen. So hmm. I'm rolling heat. with them. They ain't yeah. done, they done nothing. The barn's burning, so I'm rolling with the heat. Mm. Rich, I, I assume you're going to pick Lakers, but the question is how many games you give them? Oh, man, yeah. I'm definitely picking Lakers. I mean, the Heat, they, they did their thing, um, but they also randomly got a lot of threes this game from Andre Iguodala, which will not be happening. Um, Spolster has this unique like thing that he likes to do where he throws Solomon Hill out there for like two minutes to just run back and forth down the court. Um, mm. And if he does that against the Lakers, that's going to get exposed. Um, and so, you know what? So we'll give you I'm two really go. good minutes, man. Yes, like, no mistakes. There, he looks couple, like he, 
he yeah. really looks like he's seen some shit. So <laughs> definitely he'll just strike fear in somebody's heart. He's um, going for that club trillion is what he's trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he does look like he uh he just like camped for like three or four weeks, like in the middle of Central Park. Straight up. Straight yeah. up. Uh, but I respect the heat for sure. Um, I want to say 4-1, uh, but I'm going to go 4-2. Um, I trust the the heat to get hot one of these games. Just Duncan or Tyler just is just fucking insurmountable. Um, and then there's always that toss-up game. Uh, so I'm going to go 4-2, uh, Lakers still. Collins. Man, I really think it's hard to, to count the heat out at this point. Like, who would have thought they would have been here and had only lost three games getting to this point? And I think one of the things that makes Foster such a great coach is that he adapts to the situation. So, man, Solomon Hill playing the past couple games, like who would have thought he would have played and just kind of going small with no center on the court at times. So I think Spolster kind of just figures out a way to win when it doesn't look like this team should even be in the finals at this point. So, like Zach said, it's kind of hard to count them out right now. So I'm going to give I'm gonna give Miami and seven, man. Miami and seven. But you think it still goes seven. Uh, I, I think, man – I, I, my heart is 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 Lakers in six um, because I think if it goes to seven, then the Heat win because uh, they're just like masters of close games and just there's no way LeBron wants to see a game seven against this Heat team because um, that's when everything's out the window. You know the the calls can't be as egregious and it just the referees kind of swallow their whistles a little bit more and that works to every advantage too. I mean he he's won big set big game sevens in his career, but uh, I think that's kind of way it breaks down. I mean. The Heat's best thing was they have a big rotation. They play a lot of guys. I know mean, you saw Solomon Hill get some minutes. We mentioned that, but they play like nine, ten guys regularly in these games, um, as opposed to Boston, who played basically six, seven man rotation. And the Lakers have a, can have a pretty big rota- rotation as well, depending on if Dwight or Javale McGee see a lot of minutes. Do we anticipate those guys getting a lot of run in these finals? We saw them use them a lot against Jokic, uh, who's kind of a traditional big man. We saw him hit more threes. But not quite as mobile as Bam. Do we see a lot of? Uh, do we see a lot of Dwight and Javale? Rich, what do you think? Um, you know, I think you know we always look at the matchups, and that's kind of dictated, you know, why like Javale and Dwight didn't really play much in the Houston series. Um, I'm trying to think like who they would guard um, because if I think if Coach Vogel had to kind of choose, I think he's going to run with Dwight a little bit more than Javale. Um, neither one of them are too mobile, uh, but Javale's just really not fleet of foot, um, doesn't really give you much uh, in the game besides size. And it's not like Miami is this huge team where that size is just imposing. So I think Dwight will probably get a few minutes um, just to kind of irritate Bam, just like he kind of irritated Jokic to try to get him in foul trouble, rile him up, not really out there to do anything, but, you know, kind of be a pass, grab rebounds, block shots. Um, So I don't see either of them playing a huge role. I see Keith getting a lot of big minutes, uh, Vogel going small. Um, and I'm interested to see who's going to match up with Bam. Um, I'm thinking Markeith. I'm thinking um, – shit, I probably Markeith, honestly, if I had to pick somebody. Because I just don't think Dwight or JaVale can really keep up with him. He, he's too skilled. He's too mobile. Um, so, yeah, we might not see a lot of the two bigs this series uh, if I was a betting man. Yeah, I mean, so I think if the, the Lakers go small, that plays more into Miami's hands. I think they'd probably like that. Uh, but, you know, the Lakers are, are versatile as well. You know, they – against the uh, the Blazers, and they really kind of went small and couldn't – really couldn't play a lot of Dwight and JaVale minutes, and you had to D up those those guards on the Blazers. So we'll see. I, I, I don't know what to expect. But 
Um, I, I think Spoh's probably the better coach between him and Vogel. Uh, so, you know, you'll we'll see that go on in the chess match, may, maybe kind of one-sided with respect to adjustments. But, um, Zach, what, what do you see being the key thing in this series here? So there's something we haven't talked about at all yet. So, there's been a Cal Perry taking credit for Bam out of bio being good. And Tyler Hero and you know, all those guys. Is that what you're, I, I decided that on the podcast I need to go back through my tweets when I'm sort of tipsy and like talk about those hot button issues. Um, but yeah, uh, Cal Perry is now taking credit for every Kentucky player ever being good, despite the fact that there are st- things called statistics. And you can go back and see that he wildly misused all of them in college oh. and, uh, and then be good now has absolutely nothing to do with him. So, and in fact, if I may say, I think he actually cost them draft position and thus money by not playing them the way they should have been played. So therefore, Hero and Bam go at 14. Whereas now, if there was a redraft, they'd be in the top, top five, five without yeah, a doubt. For sure. Without a doubt. I mean, after like one year, one or two years of NBA play. So it's not like it took him forever to, to develop. It was like kind of his fault. But anyway, Kyle, great, great developer of NBA talent. You know, that's what he's known for. Not so yeah. much the recruiting side, but like the, the coaching and in-game development and like in practice and stuff. That's really where his reputation comes from. So uh, we have a guy in Miami who was brought in maybe specifically for this moment. And he may have been on mm-hmm. the Memphis Grizzlies roster. And he may have hit four threes tonight. Big Iggy minutes Real, tonight. Real curious how that's going to play out. So, you know, we got Justice Winslow traded to Memphis. He's obviously a great defender. Of course, he's not playing right now uh, with his injuries. But a big part of the reason that Iggy was brought into Miami was in the off chance that Miami made the finals and had to match up with the Lakers. So we will get to actually experience that. So I think that's a key matchup to keep an eye on. Uh, Just kind of see where that goes. See if Iggy, like his fresh legs, because he really hasn't been a factor for Miami so far until tonight. So was tonight his springboard to what he's supposed to try to do in the next series? I don't know. What do you think, Collins? I think Iggy's a gamer. Like, man, you just got certain guys that when it comes to big games, closeout games, needing to reach to that next level, step up and guard the opposing team's best player. I think Iggy's proven time after time that he he would do it. He may not look the best in the first few games, or he may look like he shouldn't be playing, or, man, maybe you need to put Solomon Hill out there. But I think when it comes to closing the game, I think Iggy's a guy that you can trust, whether you're playing them at center, whether you're playing them guarding LeBron James, whether he's on the perimeter passing for you. I think he can just fill so many – so many roles for you that it's hard to keep a guy like that. Think a guy like that's not going to impact this series. Like Miami's got so many wings that I feel like they can throw at LeBron James, Iggy, uh, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler. I really think it's going to come down to is are the Lakers going to impose their will inside or is Miami going to get off from uh, shooting threes? And I think those are going to be the difference makers as far as whether we'll see the Lakers big stay on the court or whether the Lakers will have to go small and going small with Anthony Davis at the center, Kyle Kuzma or Markeith Morris at the power four position. Yeah, yeah that's good. Good analysis. Um, I, I think that, uh, I don't know. I'm really excited to see the series and see what happens. And uh, this is a kind of a unique deal because the, we're in the bubble and there's no home court. And it's like, I don't know if that makes things more fair as in the bet, the best teams truly did advance or if like, maybe the, the Bucks would have advanced because they were nasty at home or hell, even the Sixers who were like 
nearly undefeated at home and then, you know, well below 500 on the road. It's just like, it's hard to guess how it affects people. But LeBron, you could tell this has been a business trip the whole time. All the, um, you know, the whole the social media presence and his uh, all of his comments to media and all the videos that are captured behind the scenes that ordinarily we wouldn't see. But because the bubble reporters are kind of back in the hallways about him just kind of taking a more Jordan-esque approach, I feel like he's just got his head down and he's like, I think he sees this as his opening. I mean, he's now playing uh, a Miami Heat team that none saw advancing to the finals now. He is, you know, clearly on the better, t- or he has probably the, the the two best players on the court on his team. Uh, now we can talk about after that how how probably the next like seven or Heat players, but you know that that is they, they probably do have the two best players on the court in any given game. I think he can smell blood in the water, and he could see this is his chance to get ring number four. And I mean, I think we're going to get the very best LeBron James that that exists at age thirty five, which is still hella good. Um, so there there's that that storyline as well, and um, that's going to be a scary thing for. For Heat fans, uh, but it, it should be a really fun series with anything. Um, any other analysis of the Celtics? I feel like Celtics are you know a couple years away. They're like uh, two years away from being two years away, like our guy Bruno Caboclo. Yeah, but you know he they they obviously are young. We heard it time and time again. I'm fucking tired of hearing how young Jason Tatum is. I'm really tired of hearing how great a young man Jalen Brown is. I'm also really tired of seeing Deuce. Uh, Jason Tatum's son on the sideline um, not, and as if none of the other guys have kids like he's not that cute man like he's a kid you know the kids are cute right and, and he wears a shirt that they put on him and he could not give a shit less about the game in fact I would argue that Deuce is very disrespectful to the game of basketball um, just looking on his iPad and watching whatever's on there so I, I honestly anti-Deuce over here so I will say I'm not not ex- I'm not excited to see that again and very glad we don't have to watch the, the Celtics antics again, but Celtics, they put all their money into their wings. They've got incredible wings. They've got Kimball Walker at the point and they decide for their big man. They're just going to like, you know, big man of the year and just try to figure out like some cheap guy they can sub in. And we saw that didn't pan out as well for this uh, Celtics team. This particular time is, do you think the Celtics strategy going forward is a winning strategy? Can they win just subbing in a, a Tice or insert cheap big man of the year? You know, I feel like we've heard so much about the future and the future and the future with the Celtics. And it's always the future, the future, the future. Um, but I, I really don't know the sustainability of that that model if you're not like really progressing. If they might have peaked with that roster and got fool's goal when they advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals that year when Kyrie got hurt. Um, you know, because one, like Gordon Hayward just he wanted no part of this game, no part of this series. I just He's just not the same player. Um, you know, that's no fault of his. He's coming off an injury, I understand. Uh, but he was just looked lost out there, honestly. Um, and, you know, I don't know if, you know, maybe a veteran might need to come in there. I don't know. Because it's, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, of course, still very young, very talented. But, you know, I don't know who they really lean on as that voice of reason. to tell Yeah, winning that too. Yeah, Kimba winning never that. been there. Yeah, right. he, he, he's a vet somebody, and he's a great guy, but you got to have a guy that's been right. there. That can talk to Marcus Smart and tell him stop fucking driving to the cup and just throwing a wild shit. Like, you're off. Like, reining him in. Um, because, you know, I think they're going to be around. And, of course, Deuce is going to be around. I think the NBA always fixates on a child. Um, I think when I was younger, I remember, seeing, I, remember seeing, <laughs> I remember seeing Jason Kidd's son so much. He had this big-ass head. That's all I remember. <laughs> Jason Kidd's son had a big-ass head. And he was always like at the All Star weekends behind the bench and shit. I was just always wondering what the fuck happened to Jason Kidd. It's like 
big headed ass son. But he kind of <laughs> reminded me of Deuce in a way. But Deuce doesn't give a fuck. Like he's just chilling. Like, nah. but yeah, your point. Like everybody has some kids there. Damn near. Like they all have yeah. children. Um, but yeah, I think a winning vet. I think is their next step in their development. Um, I think somebody to come in to your point, like Kimba is not that, um, who can kind of steady the ship in a way. Um, I don't even know if I would classify Gordon Haywood as a winning vet. Um, he hasn't really advanced that far in his career either. So yeah, I think they're, they're still a piece away, but also I don't think that this three headed like center experiment thing that's sustainable. Um, Tice gives you what he can. Robert Williams does what he does. He's, he's I think, going to always be a project. It's just uh, a little rough around the edges with his game. And then Cantor is a fucking bucket. He can score the fuck out of the ball, but he doesn't do shit else, really. And that's the problem. So, yeah, I think I think Boston's got to uh, make some decisions. Uh, they have all these first-round picks again. Um, they might need to package that um, and try to get somebody because, you know, they have the other three rookies this year, like, Carson Edwards from Purdue and Romeo Langford from Indiana, all these more guards and wings. Like, they're not even drafting bigs. So, I mean, because I don't consider Grant Williams a big. Um, no. So, I don't know, man. They're, uh, they they, they got to do some work this summer for sure. Um, but we're definitely going to always continue hearing about how young Jason Tatum is. Jason Tatum is and how great it is that Jalen Brown is such an intellectual young man that knows how to play chess. And it is. It, it, it is great. It is great. But – I think they treat the NBA Finals audience as if the first game you tune into is that game. Every time. Um, which I have to assume that's not the case. I mean, if you're watching the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm, it's doubtful you're, like, flipping on game five, and you're like, well, I don't know what the fuck's going on in this series, but I guess I'll just watch this game. Right. And then you're like, oh, Deuce, I didn't know about him. Like, I, I just can't see that being the case. Um, but, you know, the Celtics need to go get uh, East, uh, Western Conference semifinalist Jeff Green uh, from the Rockets. I feel like that could be the missing piece, you know, for uh, – uh, no, they, they do not need to do that. But actually, they do because fuck them. Um, Collins, you want to write the Celtics a eulogy since your team just defeated them? Do you have any parting words for for uh, the Celtics uh, or their head coach Brad Stevens, who a lot of people love a lot, but I, I don't know. I you know he, he's been to a lot of Eastern I mean, Conference Finals. He's not a bad coach, but what what do you what do you got on Brad Stevens right now? Nice guy. He's a nice guy, man. Oh no, that's, undoubtedly. That's what I, that's what I can say about Brad Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Not going to curse you out in the huddle or anything like that, uh, but I don't know, man. I, I think Brad Stevens got some more room to grow. I will say he was a great collegiate coach at Butler, getting them to national championships, even though he couldn't pull them off, just getting Butler there is an accomplishment in itself. I, I really don't know how high I am on his coaching right now because, man, looking at his talent compared to Miami's talent, you would have thought this would have been a closer series. And I do think that the Celtics need to do some revamping of their roster. One thing I didn't like about this series that the Celtics didn't do was I would have played Cantor more. Like, what does Tice really give you? What does uh, Grant Williams, what does Robert Williams, what do they really give you? At least Cantor's giving you eight or ten points in uh, three and a half seconds as long as he's on the court. Like, at least he's going to give you a bucket down there. I mean, and that's something that, that wins you basketball games. If you can outscore the other team, man, you're going to be in a great position. And then one of the things that Eric Spolster does well is he adjusts, man, plays a zone, plays a man. I think Brad Stevens has to take chances where he will switch up his defense or switch up his schemes to not just play basketball one certain way, like your turn, my turn basketball. And then 
man, yeah, they got to put Marcus Smart back in his place. If Marcus Smart is the voice of reason on the team, I, I'm going to go with the other team all day long because Marcus Smart shouldn't be shouldn't be out there starting. He shouldn't be out there. Marcus Smart is good for coming off the bench and being being that energy guy just to kind of keep you going while some of your starters get a break. He's not supposed to be out there uh, jacking up a lot of threes and getting to the rim or keeping you in the game. That's not what Marcus Smart is meant to do. So I think they got to revamp and maybe bring in some veterans and maybe another big in that case. But I think Brad Stevens has got to try to switch some things up, just not stick to playing basketball one way. So you think he's got a little bit of Coach Bud syndrome? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm just going to – like, my thing with Coach Bud with, with Giannis, I was telling Mason this when they were down – when the Bucks were down to the heat. I was like, man, why don't they just start Giannis on the block? Like, just go ahead and put them behind the defense so they can't even trap them. Then the game he gets hurt. That's exactly what they do. They they start posting Giannis up a lot more. And I'm like, what what took so long to even realize this? Like instead of making him a dribbler and have to dribble through traffic, let's just go ahead and put a six eleven guy by the rim. Yeah, um, and I think that the bud comparison is apt. And let's I mean let's not forget the Nuggets too. Let's not forget to talk about them. But I'll kind of lead into that with. Who would you rather have, uh, each of you? Would you rather have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown or uh, Nikola Jokic and uh, uh, just had a brain fart? You know who I'm talking about? Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. Um, Jamal Curry. Similar aged and both teams that advanced to the the conference finals in their own uh, conference. How do we, you know, how do we feel about either of those teams? So if you had to pick, which, which, which duo would you pick? Zach. Yeah, that's a, that's a really tough one. So you're looking at a couple wings or more of like a traditional post player and primary ball handler slash score. Uh, I, that's tough. Age-wise, Jokic is 25, I believe. Murray's still early 20s. Uh, I think if I had to start a team, I might go with, might go with that too because I think – I mean, Murray can obviously – score the crap out of the ball, get you 50 on occasion. And Jokic is just so, so versatile as far as we can run the offense through him. He obviously is one of the best passers we've seen in our lifetime from a big man perspective. Uh, and he also can score in a ton of different ways. And I think that does give you a lot of options and kind of the, maybe the antithesis to how a lot of teams are setting up. Uh, similar to Boston, so they don't have they have Tyson there trying to play defense um, on on Bam. Well, you put him in there against Jokic, Jokic is going to cook him. So you automatically have a leg up in an area where a lot of teams are totally diverting their focus away from. So I think kind of going with that approach could pay some dividends for them uh, down the road. So I, I think I would go with the Nuggets pair on this one. Colin, who you like? So, man, very good question. At first, it was kind of hard to decide. But I think looking at the past NBA Finals, man, I think you need a 6'7", 6'8", guy on the wing. Like, when's the last NBA Finals you've seen that a big man has been, like, the star contributor? Then, like, a Jokic, you can't really play him in every situation just because when teams kind of go small, having him guard people on the perimeter and stuff like that. So, I'm going with Tatum and I'm going with Brown because I feel like you can just do more with them in more situations. Rich, who you got? Yeah, uh, like they both said, that's a great question. Um, I initially was going to go with Jokic, uh, but Colin's point really stuck out to me um, and made me alter some things. Um, I really didn't know if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown playing together, if they could both reach and maximize their ceilings. 
um, but they're both so interchangeable um, and they're both so multifaceted three-level scorers um, who also, and Jalen Brown, great defender, uh, Jason Tatum improving on that end as well. And while I love Jokic and Murray, I think that Jokic, yes, we have never seen somebody like him before, um, but there are times where he can become unplayable. Um, and Jamal Murray, I mean, he's a hell of a talent, hell of a shooter, hell of a competitor. Um, but we're going to see a lot of people, his size and his stature, doing that same thing for years to come. Um, and it's just very rare where you have two six, seven, six, eight wings in their primes growing up together to kind of build with. Um, can't pass that one up. Yeah, I, I uh, it is a, it is a good question. I, I just want to echo what you guys said and, and really pat the guy that asked it on his back. Uh, I thought it was a really excellent and insightful question. But yeah, I, I definitely, I honestly go with uh, I go with Murray and Jokic. I think that. Um, Murray is kind of what a lot of guards have been, but honestly, like he dropped 50 a couple of times in the playoffs. Like he, he made a jump this, this bubble um, that I, I didn't know was possible for him. And he went from an 18 you know, point per game guy to like uh, maybe jumped above Donovan Mitchell in terms of like how I will think about them starting next NBA season. Um, Cause like, I don't know, he really showed me something in this playoff run. And, you know, came through in the clutch multiple times. And it was either him or Jokic. And Jokic is kind of what we always hoped Mark Gasol would be as Grizzlies fans, where he he, he wants the moment. I mean, I've seen him hit multiple clutch buckets in the fourth. You know, the, he, the, uh, the Nuggets were, you know, one crazy Anthony Davis three-pointer away from winning that game on a clutch Jokic bucket. Um, that'll never – people will never remember that because, obviously, everyone will think about the AD3. Just like last year, the Kawhi shot kind of – stifled the Jimmy Butler, you know, layup that put the Sixers even tied. And then that quite crazy quiet shot moved him forward. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Jokic Murray pairing a lot. And I think it's very unique as Zach mentioned. And uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm about that life. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the Nuggets now. I like hated on them for the longest time and never thought they could do what they did, but they finally made it. And I think that that's something you can really build around. I think it's easier to get serviceable three and D wings and put them around Jokic and Murray. You know, I'm not talking about Jeremy Grant um, or you know some of the other guys they threw out there. Uh, I think it's easier to do that than it would be for the Celtics to bring in, you know, a, a really good big man or a really good point guard um, that win. I mean, they they did. They brought in a really good point guard, and we saw that that wasn't enough. So I, I I'm going with uh, Jokic and Murray. But again, it's like uh, it's it's a really close call and almost an impossible question to answer. Um, you guys have any other thoughts on the Nuggets? What you saw in that Lakers series? I mean, yeah, they, they needed just another guy. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Grant, like, if he gives them three or four threes, they're going to win that game. Uh, but he was mostly giving them – you going one for four, one for five. Yeah. Um, and then the the, uh, the bench play, like Michael Porter Jr. is obviously a defensive liability and, you know, didn't give him so much in the way of offense to justify his presence on the floor. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – I think both the Celtics and the Nuggets are one guy away or one of their young guys making a crazy jump. Uh, and, and Tatum has kind of done yeah. that this year. But, you know, Brown has consistently gotten better. But I don't know if he has a – like an like all-star star, level. Yeah, all, yeah. Or he, I mean, he might he, – I think odds are he's an all-star at some point in his career just because, like, you know, that happens. Uh, I mean, shit, like Kyle Korver was an all-star. <laughs> Uh, in in 2016 or or whenever that was 2013, whenever the Hawks made made it, um, East baby, yeah yeah. Man, so I think, I think Brown can be an all star. Like, I mean, it's hard, man, playing basketball when you got 
offensive mindsets like Kimball Walker out there, Gordon Hayward out there, Jason Tatum out there, Ennis Cantor when he plays, uh, Marcus Smart when they let him off his leash, and then Jason Tatum. It's like, man, it's kind of hard to find your number sometimes and figure out, man, how can I still get mine while they still get theirs? And I, I know I'd be looking at the end of some games like, man, Jason or Brown needs to do more, and he would still have 22 points at the end of the game, 23 points at the end, and what is he, around 22, 23 years old? Like, yeah, he's 23. I mean, I Tatum's 22, and Brown's 23. Yep. Yeah, so I think in all likelihood, man, yeah, I think he can become an all-star. I just think it goes back to just how they play and, man, kind of figuring out how can I efficiently put up those type of numbers while still getting us to a win. The problem with it is he's like the third option, uh, third or fourth option, depending on who's right. on the court. And he, and like you said, the ball dominance of Tatum and Kimba, and he's relegated to corner three guy. And he's way overqualified for corner three guy, but that's just what the way he has to play in in this system. So it's almost like too much too much feast uh, in, in the ball, the dominant ball handler, shot creators, and not enough like ability for him to stretch his wings. Um, he yeah, might be like a, he might be a trade away from that team where he James Harden's and takes control of a you know a franchise and ends up being like a guy that we never thought he could be. I I think he can do that. I'm just saying if he remains on the Celtics. Will he ever reach his ceiling? I, we haven't seen him be able to do that so far. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. a that's a great point. Like that's, I think that's the thing. Like I think he would, he could go to any team, you know, and be that starting two and really just take off. You know what I'm saying? But that's not really his role right now. Um, as far as the Nuggets, like you know, they miss Will Barton for sure. They have a lot of pieces, a lot of pieces. Um, but I think yeah, they're still missing something. Um, shout out to Troy Daniels as well, former Grizzly who started the season with the Lakers. Didn't like his minutes, so he got bought out and signed with the Nuggets, where he then proceeded to not get any run in the playoffs, and now he will not get a, a ring if the Lakers win. So shout out to Troy Daniels, great business decision, man. I hope you're doing great. Shout out, uh, yeah, shout out Troy Daniels. I saw him in the Apple Store once in Memphis. Is like got a picture with him, so we're boys. Okay, um, okay, yeah, yeah. That's boys. like uh, I think he's actually the only NBA player I have an actual picture with. I'm pretty sure, oh, which wow. is kind of funny. <laughs> Um, so, you know, shout out my boy, uh, Paul Millsap, yeah. you know, that they, they need to get that guy's contract off the books. Oh, yeah. I, he gave him some big moments and he's a bet. And like, I don't think he detracts. I don't think he's like a, a net net minus. Uh, he might very well be in some of the games, but you know what I mean? I, I, my eyeballs don't tell me he's like so bad that he's unplayable, but for what money he's making, I think that, you know, the Nuggets need a, uh, another guy there that's maybe a little younger. Um, and, and maybe peak Paul Millsap would have been awesome, obviously. Um, like Atlanta Hawks, Paul Millsap. We just didn't see that um, in this particular run. So obviously bright future. I mean, that's a joke that people make all the time for up and coming teams, but like yeah. the Nuggets and, and uh, Celtics are, you know, I mean the fucking West man, like, and, and let's throw two more duos into the picture. Do you take Luca and Porzingis over? Like, where do you put them uh, in terms of, do you take them over Jamal Murray or Jokic? Um, or what about like Simmons and Embiid? I mean, I'll like, take, there, there's take, a lot of young tandems. I'll take Luca. Take Luca over. Yeah. I'll take Luca take him, over. That's the thing. I, I think you probably take Luca and, and anyone over. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Like Luke, because Luca's probably the clear number one of, right. of all of those players. I'll take, I'll take Luca and Anthony Tolliver, man. <laughs> yeah. The Luca tax. <laughs> take Luca and yeah, John Wall's yeah. contract. Yeah. I'd be too scared of Porzingis. I don't honestly know, like, if you. Adding him into that pair, like that doesn't persuade me one way or the other. It's all about Luca being in that pair. Yeah. And Anthony Tolliver, that's a good one. Uh, I don't know if he fits in the, young, the what, uh, young category, but. Uh, all right, well, let me ask you this then. Uh, John Morant, 
John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. or Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson? <laughs> John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. All right. I just I just have an injury. Like until someone I know someone's going to be on the court, I'm always going to be scared to pick them and something like that. that go, that's like a big thing with Porzingis for me. Goes for Jaron too, though. That's true. That's you can't, you question, can't stay on the court. That's a good point. You just sit here and think of these questions all day long, man, to mess with us. But uh, I really no, I, I just right now yeah, just in really? my bag, dude. Got a fucking limoncello yeah. Lacroix. Feeling myself. Ooh, Seems like a, you're on the Miami the team, one. bro. Just in your bag today. Yeah. But uh, I think ceiling wise, goodness. Like I said, man, I, I'm gonna stick to my principles, man. It's hard for me to pass up on big wings that are versatile. So I'm going with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williams. Uh, I think the safe bet, the safest pick. Uh, if you include injuries, it's of course John Jaron, just because Zion. You hope you don't know if he's going to be on the court, but on, if they if they're on the court, yeah, I'm taking Brandon Ingram and Zion. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair pick. Um, I've made Zion my sworn enemy, despite the fact I'm sure he's a great young man, so I can never pick him in anything, uh, and I hope he fails at everything in life. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, except for I hope he's hel- I hope he he has a, a fantastic existence. I just hope that um, you know we can stop beating his dick before he uh, even gets an erection. You know what I mean? Like uh, <laughs> the ag- aggressive sexual metaphor there, but I feel like that was called for at that point. Um, <laughs> you got to take that up with Joe Cowley, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, Derek, Derek Holt, uh, who, who you guys know, asked damn Sam, why do you hate kids? Uh, and I, my response to that is I don't hate kids. I hate deuce Tatum. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got here? Kid. Yeah, exactly. He just—it's not—it's not his kid status that I hate. Yeah. He has exactly. like same pages on Instagram. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, just get him crazy. the fuck out of my face. I don't. I will tell you this: Celtics fans don't care about him. Like, uh, and and John Moran's daughter is very cute. But if I have to watch when we're in the playoffs, like however many games of intros where they show her in the audience and talk about her, I will be annoyed by that as well. I'm not a favorite. I don't play favorites when it comes to this. It always annoys me. What, what else, uh, what other topics did you have Zach uh, in mind besides the, the finals and kind of what, what we have going forward? Do you have any other, any other Grizzly stuff you want to discuss? No, we met our predictions. Uh, I think we're good to go. Collins, would you rather have uh, Joel and B? <laughs> no, I was kidding. Uh, <laughs> Oh, did you guys hear? Uh, did you guys hear that? Uh... Oh wait, hang on. Derek Holt responded. Deuce rules. One of the Celtics win. Just so I keep seeing him. All right, now you're trolling me. Okay, so you're out here. Um, I saw a trade where the uh, the Sixers are going to try to get Harden because they're going to hire D'Antoni. Did you guys see this? No, I haven't heard this. One. I did not. <laughs> what did you say? Does D'Antoni want him? Yeah, yeah, they're still boys. Yeah, um, despite what. Know, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't actually know that. I've not talked to Mike. I've not they're talked really to James. Hired but, Antoni. Oh my gosh. But uh, but the theory is that yeah, they hired Antoni, and then Antoni, um, you know, like uh, people are talking Embiid for Harden, and they just make the try the Rockets experiment in the East, uh, which I think would be awesome. Like personally, just because I would love to see, I would love to see it happen. And I think, and and this is what Simmons said on his podcast. But I, I think it's positive either way. I feel like either he sucks, and the Sixers fans immediately turn on him, 
and that would be hilarious, or he's good, and we have another good team in the East. But I'm t- I will tell you I'm tired of the Rockets experiment. Like, I'm fucking out yeah. on the Rockets doing this. I'd rather – I don't know. Like, I just I need something massive to change. I don't know, and this would be such a massive change. So the Heat my, my obviously do the Rockets experiment way better than the Rockets did. Like, they space the floor. They don't shoot – like, they only shot – prior to tonight in the series, they only shot 30% from three, the high volume on threes, but they still yeah, it's have – because the Heat moved the ball. The Rockets and play a dominant like, big man. So, like, that's something that Houston just doesn't even care about, doesn't even try. You know, they had Capella. They had a double-double guy, and they're like, no, nah, forget that. We don't want him in there. We want Jeff Green to play those center minutes. So, Miami's like – and they have the chemistry, and that's obviously a big part of it. Bringing in Westbrook didn't make a ton of sense with that experiment. So, it's like they are dancing around. They work mitted. Now they're not committed. They're trying a few different things, but ultimately it's the same scheme. Uh, but it just isn't working for them. Yeah, it's just not, not at all sustainable. I mean, the reason Capella was shipped out was to make Westbrook more comfortable, to open up the driving lanes and open up the paint for him to be able to drive because he's not a threat to shoot from the outside. He he needs to drive. So it's just there. Yeah, that's done. That whole well, hang on a sec. I, I'm getting a text from Westbrook here right now, and he <laughs> told me to tell you guys that he had COVID right before the bubble, and that he was coming back from a hamstring or a quad injury, which is a notably difficult injury to come back from, especially as a wing player that relies on athleticism and quickness, and to not write him out yet. So, you know, so I'm just reporting that. Russ, Russ has your number, but y'all don't have a picture together. That's no, no, I, I'm not. I don't, I'm not flashy like that. I, I feel I, it. Just yeah. low key, low key. Yeah, hit. exactly. Like me you. and Troy, it was just like, hey, hanging out at the Apple Store, <laughs> sin, you know. Didn't like, you like uh, walk dogs with Tyus Jones or something too? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, Tyus forgot one of my dog boys, downtown dog boys. Uh, <laughs> boys. Uh, congrats to him and, and uh, his uh, his husky and his new child. Uh, congrats to my boy Tyus. But again, don't don't we're, we're, we we exist together as dog owners. We don't take pictures together. Um, that's just kind mm-hmm. of a you know. I'm not gonna be like, hey man, like can I grab a quick pic? Like I feel like they're. There's a thousand white guys that have asked him that to have beards, and I'm not going to be the thousandth and first white guy with a so, beard asking that. So you, you really keep yeah. all your NBA <laughs> relationships like in their own boxes. You got like Apple Store guy, downtown dog guy, strictly texting conversation guy. Yeah, Russ is my like when his ears are burning because people are talking shit about him on a podcast guy, and I text you know, you know, me and says, "So I mean, I'm, I'm just now that I've reported Russ's art, you know, I'm just saying like." Had COVID, uh, we don't know the long-term effects of that. And then coming back from a quad injury, I, you know, third team on NBA this year. Are we are we out on Russ? Uh, are we are we prepared to put him in a box and ship him to Timbuktu? Or, or Collins is throwing up his hands right now. I like Russ, man. Uh, I really just don't think that he fit the Houston Rockets system. Like, I mean, they're they're predicated on shooting threes, and I mean, I get it up and down. Yeah, he fits that, but just his whole. I mean, you watched Russ over the past few years at OKC, man. He he did most of his stuff by uh, points, assists, rebounds. Like the triple-double was his thing now. And he all of a sudden gets to the Houston Rockets, and it's like he's playing center because they get rid of Clint Capella, so they need Russ to get down there in the post and get points around the rim. It's just I just didn't like that whole experiment. Like, I just – it wasn't set up for success for me. So I don't really blame Russ for that. I kind of blame the management and just how they kind of coached Russ in that situation. 
Well, it was Harden that wanted Russ too. Harden said, "Get Chris Paul the hell out of here and bring in Russ because I'm their actual friends." Apparently, um, so yeah, they it, Harden, Harden, Harden out of there, get, which doesn't make sense to me because, like, the, I mean, that just tells me where Harden's head is. Like, he would rather have a guy that very obviously doesn't fit him as well, just because he likes him more, as opposed to a guy that maybe they, maybe they butt heads a little bit, but they win more. Like, I mean, that that to me, like, you you nearly make the the finals and probably win a title uh, against uh, that Cavs team in what, 2018. Uh, and then instead, you know, Chris Paul gets hurt and you maybe hold it against him uh, when he was with the Rockets. But um, yeah, I mean, the Rockets, I'm out on them. Uh, I will tell you that I'm curious to see what happens with the Clippers. Does Paul George, like, I mean, just he can opt out. Imagine if he did that. Uh, and he's just like, fuck it. Uh, I, I didn't think we we're going to win a championship anyway, as he, as he said in his presser. Um, I'm curious to know what they do. Lou Williams like had a terrible playoffs, um, and people were talking shit about him in the playoffs recently. Talking about how he's just a regular season guy, never delivers. So a lot of possible shifting in the West. I will tell you, I do not believe in the Jazz though. Um, that I, I just they they have now taken over my definitely don't believe in you guys spot, formerly held by the the Denver Nuggets. Uh, how do we feel about the power struggle of the West? I mean, are the Grizzlies even in the playoffs next year? I mean, it, everybody it, healthy? It, no. Even I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's just you know, even no matter like how miraculous you know the season could be, there's just so much talent you know already, and then there's other powers that weren't even present this year that are going to be coming back next year. This is gonna be a dog fight. It's really tough. Um, I don't. I, I'm gonna to have to say no. But what if the Lakers, LeBron, year thirty, you know, age thirty six, mm-hmm. is gonna take a step back at some point? And I have so this we got? We got Clippers, right? Nuggets, maybe. I mean, maybe the Clippers eat themselves over the offspring. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Hmm. I mean, theoretically, Mavs. Mavs are, yeah. Houston. I mean, they're getting in the playoffs. James Harden. The media would love New Orleans in there. We'll see. I'm still out on them. If healthy, I get the if if healthy healthy. thing. But then again, if if healthy, then we get Jaron for 82 and Justice for 82, which we've never seen. Um, So, and and those guys are getting better every year. They're still not even close to their primes. So I'd like to see us fully healthy as well. Yeah, I think John's gonna make a big jump. I think Jaren's gonna could make a see, big jump. You could see the thunder falling out. One reason Billy Donovan didn't want to stay there is they're kind of he wanted to go to a, a solid team like the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. We, can't team. we can't forget about yeah. Golden State. Yeah, Golden yeah. State. They're back. What about in. Phoenix? 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 No, I don't believe in them. Not not till they do it. San Antonio. Yeah, I'm just saying, possible, but the West is a bloodbath. I mean, we should be in the East anyway. If we're looking at a fucking U.S. map that I grew up looking at in school, the Grizzlies should be in the East. But that's another story for another day. Yeah, and I suspect Man. if they ever do an expansion, they kick us over, which would be just fine by me. Right, I would be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. I really think at full strength, I think Portland's the third best team in the West. I forgot about Portland. Yeah, I mean, so they like, like we're we're forgetting Trevor about teams. Trevor Reese Rodney Hood. Yeah. Oh yeah, Trevor Reese is kind of like aged out. I think Rodney Hood gave him some solid minutes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, Zach Collins. Like I mean, they oh, have I, some I guys. Collins, that, man. I know you guys share a last name, but tell me what he's done. 
Like everyone says that. And then it's like, what has he done? Everyone's like, oh man, he plays tough. He rebounds. And it's like <laughs> next level. No, handsome. I mean, he's a, That's all it is. He's a six, he's a six <laughs> eleven guy that you can put out there and play a power forward, play him at center. I mean, you got Wayne Gabriel as your, as your, as your uh, starter. So I would rather take the chance on, I'm just saying they got three players that didn't get a chance to play in that series, which I think bumped them up to around third place. I'm not saying they're superstars, but right. I think you need your role play. That's all I'm saying, Sam. Listen, I'm just saying. I, I I've heard. Hold on, that, that Collins is calling me, man. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, get field a text around. Let me know what he says. Um, have him text me what he does here. Like, and then you know, be like, hey, here's what I, here's what Zach Collins is good at. Just bang that text out and send it to me. He can join Rust Club. But we'll get the same thing as Justin Winslow. He took the baton and my same thing as Justin Winslow. He doesn't do the same. They're not even the same player at all. Uh, Justice my, is like my, a my sarcasm quick... is that Justice doesn't really Justice oh, hasn't play. really proven anything yeah. yet either. Yeah, no, he he doesn't play. Like I, I'm I'm not counting Justice as a positive until he proves that he cannot get bizarre in, uh, injuries at every turn of his career. Um, but ho- hopefully he does. He, the guys like him. It seems like based on yeah. bullshit social media stuff. But media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any media other NBA takes? Memphis, Memphis Tigers. No, the Duke Memphis players. Like uh, they got Grayson uh, Allen, yeah. Justice, and Tigers who all played together. Oh, speaking of which, Grayson Allen's going to be on JJ's pod um, tonight or tomorrow, so that should be very entertaining. I'm sure they'll talk a lot of Duke white guy shooter hate, and then no doubt Grayson will get to talk about the Grizz. I'm sure Ja's going to get a lot of love uh, oh. on that episode. And, and then JJ could be like, ah, well, he just well. can shoot, man. Yeah, yeah, he just can't not, shoot. Yeah. He's not here's Steph the thing. Curry, so Here, here's, here's the other thing about that. Guard. Uh, Luka Doncic can't shoot, but no one ever talks about that. He he shoots 31% from three, uh, which is bad. It's well below league average. Because every now and then he gets a step back three in a big moment. Big yeah. and, and people think of him as a good shooter, but he cannot shoot. But yet everyone slobs on his knob and talks about how John Rand shooting is his like extreme weakness. And I just, you know, I'm, let's you know stay woke out there, everybody. Stay woke. We got to compare. Yeah, I'm getting a text apples. from Luca right now. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's in Slovenian, so I can't read it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, is that it, Zach? You got to close this out here, guy. All right. Thanks for listening to the Backdoor Cut Show. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts by searching Backdoor Cut Show. And thank you for listening also on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. You can also check out our website, d-barnburner.com. Until next time, go Grizz. Usually how we close it out, but I think we still need some go Grizz love. Uh, Enjoy the NBA Finals. Collins, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you guys, man. Peace.